All right, you're back in the DFSR here with an NBA podcast and on YouTube Tuesday, January 17th, back after the longest of hiatuses. Hiatus I, years at this point with DFSR's NBA podcast. That's all right. We're getting back into the mix. Going to be coming at you multiple times a week, talking about what to look for on FanDuel and DraftKings. Every, we'll do a few times a week in terms of value. What are some of the injury situations we're going to want to look at? What are some of the pieces of the puzzle when you're trying to put together those uh, FanDuel and DraftKings lineups? What are some bets we can put in over the course of a slate? All of that's going to be covered at the DFSR NBA podcast. I am Doug Norrie, obviously the owner and operator. Going to take you through these different slates, take you through what to look for, Going into each one, the first one we're bringing at you here is the Tuesday slate for Gamer coming off the MLK uh, all-day NBA action. NBA slows it down a little bit on Tuesday, starting at 7.30 Eastern. So if you're trying to get that extra half hour in for yourself from the 7 p.m. start, don't do what I do in my house. Don't tell anybody. Just have everyone assume it's still 7 p.m. and you're going to need the time leading up to it. But the NBA doesn't start until 7.30, and that is where we're going to start with our big questions of the day, what to look for over on FanDuel and DraftKings. And even for a four-game slate, there is a decent amount to kind of have to wade through going into this one. NBA, as always, is just littered with injuries, whether it's rest, whether it's injuries to superstars. These things are cropping up on a nightly basis. We're more than halfway through the season, and we've seen this happen multiple times. It's nothing new when it comes to the NBA this season to some degree. Uh, maybe has been seen a little more of it, although I do think that in terms of DraftKings and FanDuel, the sites have done a little bit better about pricing the replacements, right? Like the guys who stand to see the biggest usage, the biggest on-ball time bump, the biggest rebounding assist, the biggest bumps when you see uh, the superstars out. I think it actually, to some degree, is a little it's a little tighter this year than other years because sometime in the past, those uh, that opportunity flowed down chain, and it still does, but there's still most teams have a hierarchy that makes the decision at least a little closer than it has been in the past. So we'll take a look at some of the stuff that we need to consider going into this four gamer. The first one is what to do with Kyrie Irving and the Nets. Obviously, Kevin Durant has missed the last couple of games. He's set to miss the foreseeable future with the knee injury. Kyrie and the Nets are coming off of two losses back to back to the Celtics and the Thunder. And it's been sort of a struggle. Kyrie's been a popular play on both sites over the last couple of games. The minutes have been there, 38 in both. The usage, for the most part, has been there uh, with 20 and 24 shots, respectively. Although I will say that I think what people and what we thought in our system as well would be a meaningful usage bump for him off of what he was already averaging this season 20 shots against OKC does fall under reasonable expectations, I think. He only finished that game with 15 points, six assists, six rebounds. No Ben Simmons in the lineup. They did end up uh, starting Edmund Sumner in his place. Simmons, a late scratch. I will say, going into this game, the Nets are still values on both sides. Kyrie, really everybody, right? So let's go through what we're looking at with, with, with where we can grab value on FanDuel and DraftKings. As of right now, 
Kyrie is coming 9.3 K on FanDuel and over on DraftKings. He's nine, nine. That is probably starting to push up the up against the bounds of acceptable value. That one is, that one's probably starting to get close. I don't think FanDuel is that close. I still think we can do it though. I will say there is probably some concern around how many shots he's getting, just getting up in general. The Spurs make that easy. Spurs are uh, last overall in defensive efficiency this season, fifth overall in pace when it comes to just looking for DFS value, non-injury related. That's exactly where you want to be in terms of playing players against them. Nets come into this game with a 119 implied total, easily the high, excuse me, second highest of the slate behind only the Nuggets at 122.5. So you know you're getting at least the requisite amount of implied points going to this game. I think from Kyrie's perspective, you 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 probably like that. We probably have to roll him one more game here with the understanding that if the shots still stay around, stay around the same usage rate, I think we are getting concerned against any other opponent at this, at these price points. After that, Ben Simmons, we know the situation with him. He sat out last game. The guy doesn't want to shoot. He still can kind of get there on assists and rebounds. We saw that in the Celtics game where he double-doubled and then barely, I don't think he scored. He didn't score at all <laughs> in the game against the Celtics. Um, and, excuse me, he didn't double-double. 13 points, nine rebounds, no points against the Celtics, but comes close to getting there in the prices because the other counting stats uh, get there. Two, two steals, a block, and we know that's going to count extra on FanDuel. And he is at a premium position at power forward, which is often difficult to fill. So I think with Kyrie, you have no, you can play him. Simmons, you can play. Claxton, second overall in the league in blocks and could take over first if things go well for him tonight. He's only two behind Brooke Lopez. Obviously on FanDuel where defensive stats are going to count for a little extra, we're going to be fine rolling Claxton here. Um, the usage for him is never going to be high, but that's because he's a, at the rim finisher. Luckily, when he's at the rim, Highest field goal percentage and effective field goal percentage this year. So with the Nets, I think because of the matchup against the Spurs, because this is going to be a fast-paced game, because the total's high, because they're still without Durant, I think you have no problem on FanDuel running four of these guys. You maybe throw Royce O'Neal into the mix, whose minutes have been on the higher side. But Simmons, Kyrie, Claxton feel pretty much like locks in this situation, and I feel like that's probably the same over on DraftKings where Simmons is 59 K salary makes it not that much of a question. Uh, and frankly, actually helps you fit some other pieces of your lineup around. So with the Nets, the things we're looking for here, can Kyrie get the shots up? Can this pace stay up toward the implied total? <clears throat> Excuse me. And basically at this point, how many Nets do we want to run? Uh, do we want to, are we thinking even about five over on DraftKings? That one makes things sometimes a little different or excuse me, a little difficult. Second question we have for this slate is will Giannis play? So Giannis was a sort of a late scratch on Monday. He did not play in the Martin Luther King game. He had not been, he had been probable going into that game and then was taken out about 90 minutes or so before tip off right now, the way the line is set up, the, uh, the Bucs are minus six home favorites against the Raptors. That line suggests that Giannis is going to be playing in this game, uh, although it's open at minus six and is now down to my, minus four and a half. So actually, I'm going to amend that a little bit and say maybe there is some question around what his status is for this game. This one's very, very easy. If Giannis plays, 
he is a play in this game, though we are pushing up against uh, really acceptable <laughs> pricing on both sites, especially when you have Jokic going in this one as well, and if you're concerned at all about injury. If Giannis does not play, then we're firing Drew Holiday back up without hesitation. Uh, he's coming off a huge game on Monday uh, where he basically took over everything the Bucks needed to do. He finished with 35 points and 11 assists. We know the usage rate and the on-ball time go way up for Drew with Giannis off the court. So he would be, he's a, a lock and load play. Anyone that's even remotely been in DFS knows that this is going to be the case. Bobby Portis would likely see the start again. He came coming off a 21 point and 11 rebound game. So he's, and the pricing has not changed on him enough. Brooke Lopez, probably a little closer, only 11 shots in his 34 minutes though. And with Nick Claxton on the slate, I think you'd probably rather go Claxton here even at a more expensive price point. Lopez doesn't see quite the increase in production that you would hope with Giannis off the court. And then you're looking at maybe Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton to round out some lower level price plays. Uh, and that's sort of where you land with, with the Bucks situation. It's a wait and see. I think we will have uh, enough news before lock to know this situation. So I'm not that worried about it. It is not the first game on this uh, excuse me it is the first game on the slate so we will have all the information that we need going into that one third question of this one and there's a four the sort of a three a question that i'll ask after this one is fred van vliet's shooting this season what to do with fred van vliet he has been one of the more interesting sort of test cases around dfs viability because on the one hand when things are going well for the Raptors, we know that Van Vliet can play just about the most minutes in basketball. He's coming off 40 in regulation last game against the Knicks, torched them for 33 points. That's great to see. The problem with Van Vliet is if you look back really the whole season, he's shooting significantly under his career averages from three. He's shooting under his career averages from the field. Um, he's admitted multiple times that the shooting has been a struggle for him, and he's coming off the th four previous games. He had three points, yikes, against the Hawks, 11 points against the Hornets, 11 points again against the Hornets on the home and home, uh, and that's about one of the best matchups you can get in basketball, and then 14 against Portland, who's not exactly a powerhouse defensively. I am of the mind that over the long term, sample size will win out with this. And right now we're getting Van Vliet at an incredible discount on, on FanDuel at 7,100. I know not everyone will see that. I do think probably the last game will help people feel a little better about the shooting with the 33 points going into that game. Maybe you had a harder time uh, just sort of firing that up. But with Van Vliet, I think we can rely on a larger sample size with his scoring and feel pretty good about where the price is coming in on FanDuel. Last piece is just, won't throw a banner up for this one. If you're watching on YouTube, much appreciated. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe over on YouTube. The Clippers go into this game against Denver. They're not going to have Paul George back in this one. Luke Kennard, excuse me, uh, Clippers uh, host the Sixers, excuse me. Um, they're not going to have... Paul George again. They're not going to have Luke Kennard again. Terrence Mann has moved full-time into the point guard role for the Clippers. Been playing massive minutes. Reggie Jackson essentially relegated to a bench role. Um, is really out of the rotation for all intents and purposes. John Wall was injured last game. But the plan looks like they want to play Terrence Mann multiple or as many minutes as possible. The usage is always going to be pretty or normally going to be pretty low on him when you share the court with Kawhi and some of these other guys. 
But anyone that's going to play 40 minutes in two or three games is a guy that we really want to consider at only five, uh, 5,700 on DraftKings. The price is a little closer on FanDuel where he's at 5,700, but that's going to take up more of the overall uh, percentage of salary. I still think he's a, probably a play. Does not draw a great matchup here against Philly from the defensive end. But in terms of middle to your value, which can at times be problems on both of these sites with the way pricing has gone, like I mentioned at the top, I do think you want to consider Terrence Mann. Happy to be back over on the NBA podcast. Going to be coming at you multiple times a week with plays, with things to think about for FanDuel and DraftKings. Make sure you visit DFSR.com. You grab a free trial of the projection system, which is going to power all these thoughts and all the different lineups we're throwing out for DraftKings. DFSR.com. Sign up for a free trial, free for seven days. You test it out. You see if you like it. We think you will. There's a reason we're one of the longest running DFS outlets around. We will be back again later this week talking more NBA when you're back in the DFSR.